0: And we are back on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Guys, thank you so much for joining me once again on this beautiful, amazing weekend. We are having, um, I don't know about you guys, but the weather finally shaped up uh, over here in Las Vegas. Uh, You know, we had the huge match, obviously, with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, the old man Brady, and the older uncle Aaron Rodgers. And... What a sight to see. A, a superstar, uh, famous quarterback. And Josh Allen represent the Buffalo Bills. And, it, you know, it, it's its surreal. And it's almost like we're, we're on a roller coaster and we're wondering when it's ever going to end, right? But, but that's the beauty of the situation the Buffalo Bills are in right now. They are amped and ready and they have the... Just staple for the next decade and a half, it seems. um, You know, to to really carry this franchise, and you know, we're all we're all really proud of him, and you know, representing um, you know, Bill's Mafia as he went out there and uh, did his thing. It was um, not very pretty, but I I will say that hundred-foot birdie was by far the most phenomenal i have seen from any nfl player ever <laughs> on the green and it's just it's just so cool to see that um you know aside from hitting uh you know fans and landing in on the green afterwards you know whatever he planned it right no <laughs> it, it was really cool and i'll be honest with you i didn't even know they had a golf course by that freaking uh, hotel out there in the middle of Vegas. I was totally for sure under the impression that they were going to go. See, there's like a Native American reserve off of this interstate on the far side of North Las Vegas. And I could have sworn they were going to go to this one. And I mean, it is a massive um golf course right next to the mountains. And I, I could have sworn that's where it was going to be. I had no idea. Uh, It was going to be in the middle of Vegas, and they had everything set up in there. But there you go. I mean, uh, middle of the desert. If you ever want to go golfing, there is a golf course on the Strip. (laughs) Um, It's pretty wild. But, you know, this town is changing. Let me tell you, when I first got here, you know, I got stationed here. Originally, my wife and I, you know, we were out in Florida, and we really had no idea what to expect from the desert out in Vegas out here, and let me tell you, it is an anomaly, you have a massive strip that is just, there's so much to do on it, it's not just you go in there, and you know, it's a bunch of strip clubs, and you know, naked women, and you know, naked dudes walking around the street, or whatever, but it's it's definitely full of like, it's almost building a culture now out here, and it's it's really interesting, because at first, I got here, and I'm like, okay, there's no football team. What is this city about? Absolutely die-hard hockey fans. Um, and that really surprised me. You know, the Knights, you know, really took off in the region here. And everyone just that lives out here, it's almost like it was their little oasis away from the heat. Out here, it's like 120 degrees and whatnot. And to go to a hockey game where you can go in there and chill, and every seat in there is like, it's kind of like the Ralph, from what my brother tells me, like any seat's a good seat. And it's interesting, because it stems from there, and now everything in sports is starting to gravitate towards Las Vegas, and um, it's it's very cool. And I, I really hope that eventually, somehow, um, the Bills can spark the same kind of, I guess you could say, uh, just just maybe, maybe a different taste of bringing a national sports hub, you know, long-term into Buffalo and into upstate New York. Cause I feel like everyone in upstate New York, anyone I've known from upstate New York, I would, I didn't even grow up there and I'm still a huge sports fan in general. Um, all because, you know, I, I, I really appreciate, um, you know, the sport of football. And then I got into basketball when I moved to Florida and like slowly, but surely, like I've been getting more and more into different things. And, um, you know, with this huge deal happening, obviously with the Buffalo Bills building their stadium and all that jazz out near orchard park again, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, like what's the main goal, right? Are they trying to make upstate New York its own little thing, or are they trying to make it a hub for something else? Like I know sports betting started to, you know, to sprout up there and whatever have you, but it's going to be interesting because what we're seeing is a very big, um, shift in interest in sports, than we've ever seen before because of sports betting, and you know that makes people more interested in actually wanting to follow a team. You know, uh, it, it's it's pretty cool. You know, I'm excited and I'm really happy that the Bills are active and they are competitive in such a time like this. And you know, Josh Allen was over here slinging around. It's pretty cool, and you know, it's awesome uh, and something to be proud of, right? So um guys today uh, after that whole monologue, I look, I really wanted to talk about the team a little bit more. I know like for the last several weeks we've been talking about different position groups and whatever have you. and I, I just feel as though um, I needed to touch more upon the tight end group and I, I really want to talk I really want to talk about the tight end group just because I feel that they need, to get the attention they deserve this year. I I think having O.J. Howard and Dawson Knox at the staple really brings continuity at that position that I don't think the Bills have had. (laughs) I don't remember when, right? We had uh, Scott Chandler, and I forgot who else was on the other side, consistently, right? Consistently. And like that's the thing. It's like I look at that position group now, and I'm saying to myself, this is probably where the juice... This is where the juice is going to come from for the offense. You know, you think about the wide receiver group, absolutely, but you think about what the tight ends can do to impact a game in the running game, in the passing game, free up Stephon Diggs, free up Gabe Davis down the field, because if Dawson Knox starts to get rolling, or OJ Howard starts to get rolling, and they're forced to play more man-to-man and maybe one man deep, what happens if the tight ends start getting separation? Do you have to double them? You know, And that's something I've, I've constantly been thinking about because when you look back in the day at the greatest tight ends that have ever played this game, defenses have been forced. They've had no choice but to double up. And when you have two dynamic wide receivers like Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, if O.J. Howard were to start making a massive splash this year and demanding the attention, what do you do with Dawson Knox? He, he is one of the most interesting tight ends in the NFL just because of how nimble he is on his feet, how strong he is, and his size. It's like the Bills basically got maybe not as lengthy as, as a Gronk, but definitely found their own style of Gronk and Buffalo in Dawson Knox. And I'm not going to get into the contract situation today, so uh, you know don't start poking at me with that, especially with the deal that just recently happened for the tight end group and resetting every everything with Njoku out of Cleveland. Um, it, it's, com- that's going to be complicated. And, and, you know, the, I think the cap space is going to start increasing as the years go on. Um, I, I don't really think there's a way for this country to bring back, you know, uh, a massive overhaul of, you know, COVID situation to, to impact anything ever again. Like, I feel like that was a, I, don't, I, I just don't foresee that happening again the way it did. It, it really shocked everyone. It shocked the economy. It shocked sports. And now we're looking at the salary cap. It's so crazy how everything kind of trickled down. Um, but everything's recovering. I think it's everything's on the uptake. And I just don't see right now a priority to really address that contract situation. Right? There, there's still time that needs to get played out. Um, there's still a lot of things that the Bills need to address besides Dawson Knox, and we're looking at the defensive side of the football, so um, you know, we'll see what we'll, we'll get there when we get there, but as far as the dynamic you know, specimen that is Dawson Knox, before we get into O.J. Howard, this was a guy that came out of Ole Miss with not a ton of tape, not a ton of numbers, where you could literally assess that this guy <laughs> could pop off in the NFL. No one would have guessed this until he, stiffed, he stiff-armed the living crap out of the Cincinnati Bengals secondary. And basically, that was the go-ahead touchdown right there to seal the game um, after he set them up, right? And that play in particular for me was one that really showed me that he wants to make a difference. He wants to be a playmaker. And he wants to live up to his potential. More importantly, he wanted to fill the void that the Buffalo Bills needed. And we look at so many years past, and I feel like the Bills have never had, uh, other than Jay Rearisma, a tight end that, well, not even Jay Rearisma could really take over a game. I think he was just effective. I, I, I don't think the Bills have ever actually had a tight end that could take over a game, like a Gronkowski, like a Tony Gonzalez, like a Travis Kelsey. Like, these are big names. These are guys that literally help teams win uh, divisional titles, championships, and Super Bowls, when you mention those names. So, Dawson Knox definitely checks off one of those boxes. But we're sitting here and wondering, you know, the Bills address the position again. Probably to get him more help, because Tommy Sweeney doesn't look like the guy that's going to be able to go in that double, double tight end set to really stretch the field in the passing game. Or, insert him in a five wide and see what a tight end can do type of guy. Um, just doesn't seem like the type of dude that defenses are too worried about. And, and that's the thing. Dawson Knox makes defenses worried. That's what the Bills haven't had for a very long time. Charles Clay was, in my opinion, kind of a dual threat tight end half back situation of, of a guy. Like I don't, I don't really know if he's a dude I want to send down the field being 6'3", one on one against a cornerback that is possibly 6-1, 6'2. We have seen time and time again, whenever a safety uh, you know goes one on one on Dawson Knox, Dawson Knox freaking delivers. You don't remember a couple of years ago when Brady was still playing for the Patriots? Dawson Knox goes deep, and I mean the guy is a playmaker with his hands, and it, it's it's. It's almost like we're overlooking this. And this is why I I only wanted to talk about the tight ends right now, because it's almost like we're overlooking how special he actually is. Can we sit here and, and I'm not saying just go look at his highlight reel, but damn, at least take some time to look at, look at a couple of plays that were game breakers. A couple of times when we needed a play and he made a play in Kansas city, the play breaks down right last year. Josh throws a bullet on the on the right side of the field, and there you go. Dawson Knox takes it home. And, and, it, and it's one of those things where, you know, we're we're looking at um, what the Bills have, and it, we're spoiled <laughs> right now. And, and and it's really hard to identify um, you know, what the Bills are going to continue to do. What sucks is that even with how dynamic he is and how dynamic the offense is, the Bills still feel the need obviously because we didn't make it to the Super Bowl or win the AFC Championship for the last two years, um, to upgrade the position. And we're constantly upgrading everything we can to just compete with these teams that are, um, quite frankly, emptying out the bank every single offseason. So, you know, this is the situation the Bills are in now, right, where we have all this talent, all these dynamic players, for the first time since the 90s and it's not good enough. If you would have probably given this group to Jim Kelly back in the 90s it probably would have been good enough. But defenses have evolved, right? Linebackers are as fast as cornerbacks. Cornerbacks and safeties sometimes hit as hard as linebackers. <laughs> um you know we're we're in a we're in a different time. And This is why I want to now talk about O.J. Howard because the Bills had no choice, right? One-year deal. um, Who knows what this means in the future, but if I'm O.J. Howard, I'm looking at this situation as, man, this could be a chance for me to (laughs) extend my career another five years. What if I help the Bills win a Super Bowl? Then what? Right? Right? I got a friend of mine who's a diehard Tampa fan, and he told me, he was like, look, I think we lost a very dynamic player in O.J. Howard. Although we didn't really see a ton of offense from him, he definitely drew attention to open up the offense in general. <laughs> at At the worst, that's what O.J. Howard's going to do for this Bills offense, right? At the worst. But what happens if we get, you know, second-year O.J. Howard, you know, sort of fresh out of Alabama, and he starts lighting people up. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not throwing him the football. (laughs) Baker Mayfield is not throwing him the football. A superstar quarterback in Josh Allen is commanding this team, and he's got him. So, Here's the other thing, right? With Brady, you didn't have the uh, the luxury of being able to roll out. I feel a guy that is willing to use his legs and his speed needs a quarterback that can roll out quick and get the ball to him to swing a pass out. Josh Allen can provide that to OJ Howard. <laughs> he didn't have that with Tom Brady. He barely had that in Jameis Winston, right? So it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between him and Josh Allen. I think it is a very strong possibility that we see a reemergence of O.J. Howard that impacts this offense like we haven't seen it in decades. Don't even get me started with the running back position now. O.J. Howard is willing to block. Dawson Knox is willing to block. So what happens if the running game gets going? You play action and swing it out (laughs) to O.J. Howard who can take it to the house. Dawson Knox who can stretch the field. It's a dangerous situation. And it's one that I know a lot of us are anticipating going into this season. Um, And I wanted to take time to to focus on these guys. All right, so also let's get into another topic about O.J. Howard. Obviously, we can rave about the potential, but... With potential, there are possible liabilities, right? That liability that I am looking at is the high chance of re-injury with O.J. Howard. He literally missed the entire season, uh, the rest of the season, um, in 2020 due to a uh, ruptured Achilles. And that, for me, is... For me, I I think every, every, every time I've seen any type of athlete rupture their Achilles, it basically ruins the rest of their career. They become very ineffective. And I wonder if that's the reason the Bills did a one-year deal, just for safety reasons. Like, They could assign him to two, could assign him to three, just to lock him in. Um, But again, a doctor can say he's fully healed. But that also comes with a caveat of he's fully healed, but he can still have a high chance of re-injury. We all saw what happened to Odell Beckham. That guy, I mean, has been plagued for the last couple of years, and 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 that's just the ACL situation. And when I look at the, the Achilles, you're talking about get off speed. You're talking about being able to break off the line, block, hold three hundred pound men that are coming full steam ahead at you off the edge, or you're trying to you know bump up the middle. Whatever you're trying to do, that for me, uh, longevity for the rest of the season, and even now that it's extended is a huge deal. So I wonder if they're going to use him more in the passing attack versus the running attack where they would try to utilize more Tommy Sweeney. And obviously you got Reggie Gilliam there to help out that situation too. But look, in Achilles and then his knee, um, it's all on the right side. There wasn't any injuries to anything else on his body. He's very formidable aside from any of the anything there. Um, you know, he missed some time from a hamstring. Uh you know, there, there, there was a, a high ankle sprain grade three. Uh, this was in week 11 of the 2018 season. And he missed the rest of the season because of that. Um, I, I, I just get the notion that when you look at what he's able to bring to the table, I don't think you have to throw too much on his plate. That's something that Dawson Knox and Tommy Sweeney can do more of. We can treat O.J. Howard kind of like a Ferrari. Okay, okay. It's third and seven. We need just just yards after contact, if possible, right? This is a guy that can give you that. This is a guy that can stretch the field. This is a guy that can give you what you need in that one on one situation. For Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis, or even possibly for Dawson Knox. Um, again, Buffalo signed him to a reasonable one uh, one year deal for three point five you know million dollars in mid March. Um, But check this out. This is a very interesting point here. So in 2021, Buffalo only ever ran two tight end sets 6% of the time. That's lowest in the league. So this is what I'm talking about, being able to get back into that package where you're really able to help these tight ends escape. Stretch the field, get in range. Um, I I just want to see the tight end groups, you know, really pop off this year because it's going to really help the Bills' value um, at at how they go about signing players on the offense in the future. If they can consistently get what they need out of the tight end group, out of a double tight end set, I think we're not too worried about signing. A marquee free agent at wide receiver too, um, and it gives us time to develop Gabe Davis, right? Gives us time to figure out how we're going to formulate this offense, and also gives gives us time, um, you know, to grade and 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 basically try to pinpoint maybe guys in the future that are similar to what O.J. Howard does, similar to what Dawson Knox does out of the draft, and you know, I I I really have start to notice that. You ever notice how teams have a tendency to know how to replicate certain players at position groups on their team? Like, for some reason, the Raiders, right, are one of those teams that always figure out a way to grade wide receiver talent, generally over the last decade pretty well, and they've been over 6'3", 6'4", on average, (laughs) there are teams that are, they're they're like that linebackers, right? You look at teams like uh, the Ravens, um, you know, and, and, and things of that nature. What I'm trying to get to is here. I think the bills have to start figuring that out. How do we replicate and keep drafting that way? So people know if they're facing Buffalo, they have a dynamic, this and a dynamic that every single year. um, And they're always well and more prepared to get to the AFC Championship. You look at how the wide receiver position was replicated, even with the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. We can talk about the wide receiver group of the Pittsburgh Steelers for literally over the past decade for over an hour. They have had so much talent. Emmanuel Sanders, Mike Wallace, Heinz Ward, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. When's the last time the Bills had back-to-back wide receivers like that? That they've been able to just keep replicating out of the draft? Like, you can't make that up. Or acquiring, at, at, at given that as well. I'm serious. So I'm bringing this up because I think when you look at what the Bills have been trying to do, look at the running back position, for example. They have been trying to figure out, for I don't know how long, what they need to do at that position group and how to continue replicating it to save on cap space, right? And then whenever they feel comfortable and ready, they can sign the guy they truly want to keep and just keep building around him. Maybe that guy is James Cook. We know now that the wide receiver position is it's Stephon Diggs. right? It, it, look, but at the end of the day, everything is easier to assess when you have a superstar quarterback. This is where it all boils down to. It's easier to figure out what kind of talent you actually need, right, versus what you want and what you're trying to compensate for. (laughs) Like, you look at the huge discussion right now, um, swirling the, uh, (laughs) as Tua calls them, the keyboard Twitter warriors, uh, like, The Dolphins had no choice but to overcompensate for what they're not getting out of Tua Tagovailoa by getting one of the best wide receivers in the NFL to help stretch the field. This is even after getting a similar player out of the draft in Waddle last year. So think about that. It's generally easier to build your team with a quarterback that basically fulfills all the qualities and more of what you need out of that position. Here's the big difference in how this offense is going to take it to the next level between Miami and Buffalo and continue to do so. It's not because a guy can throw it 80 yards. It's because he can throw it very freaking hard with a lot of power 80 yards. It's not floating, it's going, it's moving. So when he's in trouble, that ball will get there and it'll get there in a hurry. We have very fast safeties. We have guys on this defense that I think can compensate for the situation that's obviously happening in Miami. We'll talk about that more next week. I'm excited about that. But guys, thank you so much for listening to Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. To all the first responders and military out there, I salute you. Um, I am also one of you. Thank you so much for all that you do, wherever you're at, um, whatever you're doing um, for our communities and for our country. Thank you. Seriously. Um, We're all making sacrifices. um, But, you know, first responders and military, it's a little little bit more, right? Um, But, again, thank you again for joining me on this weekend. Enjoy the rest of yours. Join a fantasy football league. Go Bills.